0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Thursday, July 14th, and today on the show, a little bit of an exploration into the entirety of the skill players in the AFC East and how that hierarchy stacks out thanks to some inspiration from NBC Boston.
1: You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle scratch your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Lots of great Dolphins resources out there. And for those of you who choose to start your day with Locked On Dolphins, sincerest of thank yous. Uh, now, today on the show, I had seen this come through courtesy of Reddit, uh, the Miami Dolphins Reddit. So shout out to that community, uh, which is a community I poke around in time and time again. And it was a clip from uh, a Boston sports talk radio show. And a notoriously homeristic uh, Boston sports talk radio show. And it's like, oh, okay. And and as they're going into the, the lead into the segment, they're talking about Tom Curran stacked the 20 best offensive skill players in the AFC East. And I'm like, oh, that's a fun way to do it. So it's quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. No offensive line. And just just looking at at players who effectively traditionally touch the football. And ranking the AFC East in its entirety from 1 through 20. And I thought that was a very fun exercise uh, and so I went, I went and searched for it and then much to my dismay, I find out Tom Curran actually worked for NBC Boston. Uh, so you, you already know what kind of slant his list was going to be. So I read through his list and I have a lot that the lot that I disagree with. So I made my own list and that's what we're going to go through today. We're going to read uh, the original source material courtesy of Tom Curran and, uh, We'll, we'll contrast that with my personal list because the criteria that each one of us chose to use is a little different. So uh Tom uh, delivers his message to Patriots fans suggesting that there's good news. The New England Patriots offense is actually pretty deep at the skill positions, uh, deeper than everybody else in his opinion. And that that's the first fundamental difference. In disagreement that we're going to have, uh, and that was without Johnny Smith, who's getting twelve and a half million dollars per season, or Nelson Aguilar uh, included in that list. Tom Curran uh, stated that he used stats, last year's grades from Pro Football Focus, and a bit of projection to come up with his list that had five Buffalo Bills, four Miami Dolphins, four New York Jets, and seven members of the New England Patriots. Seven, almost half the list. New England Patriots. Offensive skill players. Okay. His list was as follows. Uh, Josh Allen, quarterback, one, Tyreek Hill, uh, Miami, two, Stephon Diggs, wide receiver, three. I'll stop there because whether you're looking at stats, whether you're looking at PFF grades, whether you're using the criteria, that I chose to use, which was I actually watched the film and made my judgment based on the actual execution from my own prognostication of the play on the field. That's pretty hard to dispute one through three. It is. Um, Things get crazy here shortly. uh, But my list also had Josh Allen, Tyreek Kill, Stefan Diggs. In that order as the three best offensive skill players in the AFC hierarchy. If you have a different list, Uh, that does not include multiple Miami Dolphins, knowing that this is locked on Dolphins, I would love to hear. Uh, Mac Jones comes in at fourth on Tom's list. Mac Jones for me was 10th. Mac Jones, in my opinion, when you watch him, understand that he executes his offense as it is coached and as it is instructed, but there's a glass ceiling over this kind of quarterback that unless you're able to surround it with the right kind of system, supporting staff, skill players, offensive line, Mac Jones is going to get what's there as the play is designed, and usually that's it. No, He's not a guy who's going to win extended plays. He's not a guy who, despite what the narratives suggest in my prognosis from him coming out of Alabama when I did his full – scouting report for the draft network.com. And then also watching and studying Mac Jones this year, throwing on the move is not necessarily a strength. He does not have the a list arm that some people bill him as having. And I think your entire argument here is PFF graded him as a 79 three as a rookie. And that's fine. But we also know based on what we've seen from ourselves and the Miami dolphins in general, progression is not linear, right? Uh, Mac Jones lost his offensive coordinator. Josh McDaniels. They don't have an offensive coordinator right now. They don't have one. Um, they have Brian Hoyer, and they spent a fourth-round pick on another quarterback for the quarterback room, so you like that supporting cast as it pertains to Mac Jones and the, the support that's going to be around him in that room. Uh, their offensive line, uh, they lost to Ted Karras, who was a starter. They're presumably replacing him. Uh, with Michael and Wenyu, who showed promise as a rookie in 2020, uh, took a step back. Was the sixth offensive lineman in 2021, and they also lost Shaq Mason, who they traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and are replacing him with a rookie from Tennessee Chattanooga. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I don't get how you take a B rookie season from a glass ceiling quarterback and put all that variable in play and say that's the next best skill player in the AFC, especially when the player who Tom had five Jalen Waddle set rookie receiving record for receptions in the NFL history. Uh, Did that in 16 games, by the way, Uh, showcased plenty of ability to create with the ball in his hands round, ran routes to all levels of the field, I understand Tyreek Hill might need to production a little bit, but again, that's why you watch the tape, right? So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. i got to read the rest of Tom's list, and then we'll, we'll go back through my list and just know that the list that I'm about to read you is from Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston and his prognostication based off the following criteria. Last year's stats, overall grades from Pro Football Focus, and projection, five Bills, four Dolphins, four Jets, seven Patriots. Josh Allen, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, Mac Jones 5, Jalen Waddell 6, Hunter Henry 7, Hunter Henry 6, Kendrick Bourne Patriots 7, Tua Tonga Valoa 8, Damian Harris ninth; Mike Gusecki 10th, Jacoby Myers Patriots 11th, Dawson Knox Bills 12th, Ramondre Stevenson Patriots 13th, Zach Wilson New York Jets 14th, Devin Singletary, Buffalo Bills, 15th. Devontae Parker, New England Patriots, 16th. Corey Davis, New York Jets, 17th. Elijah Moore, New York Jets, 18th. Braxton Berrios, New York Jets, 19th. Jamison Crowder, Buffalo Bills, 20th. Lot to to digest here, including New England having uh, not just seven, not just more than everybody else, but having... Hunter Henry, six, Kendrick Bourne, seven, Damian Harris, eight, Jacoby Myers, 10. Half of the top 10. And I think if you ask anybody else who can be objective, and that's my goal here is to be objective. uh, But if you asked other people who weren't a Dolphins fan, and if you asked anybody who wasn't a, a Patriots reporter, and you asked them to do this same exercise, I bet, and I would guarantee you, this would not be the outcome. Which is why I did it myself. With the best, honest, most earnest effort that I could possibly put into being objective about the list. And I'm excited about the way that my list turned out. It did have six Patriots on it. Uh, And it had Patriots at five and six. But then the next Patriot was ten. So I had two less players in my ten than what the original list did. At six Patriots, six members of the Miami Dolphins, five members of the Buffalo Bills, three members of the New York Jets. So we're going to get into that next on the show, but not before you guys level with me. We've all been in this situation at some point in our lives when we're a little tight on cash. Maybe you could only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank or you had another save the date and you're wondering how you're going to be able to afford a gift for yet another wedding. That's where Dave can help. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly With extra cash, that's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills, you can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people already download the Dave app to get financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the Apple uh, the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you will thank you. So, as I said in the first segment, uh, Josh Allen, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, done. Top three skill players, offensive players who aren't offensive linemen in touch of football. That's that's hard to argue with. Jalen Waddell is my fourth-ranked player. Uh, Jalen Waddell obviously put up 1,000 yards last season, 104 receptions, led the team in receiving touchdowns. And the whole, the whole deal around Jalen, the whole perception around Jalen was, oh, well, he never really produced at college. It's like, yes. You got to look at the environment that he was in. You got to understand that he played in four and a half games his final season. And he was hurt for amidst of that. And he was hurt for the game that he came back in, in the championship game. But the impact that Jalen Waddle brings to the field or brought to the field last year and brought to the field at Alabama is the spacing. And and this was another thing. If you listen to yesterday's show, this is how football all ties together. This is why I love it. Yesterday's show. I talked about a a coaching clinic lecture that I was listening to from Brian Ferentz of the university of Iowa offense coordinator. And he was giving this lecture about running wide zone and he referenced dub Maddox. Who's another great resource? He's a high school coach, I think, down in Texas. And he said, Dub Maddox, one of his lines is the offense can only ever dictate two things on any given play. You can only ever dictate two things. You can dictate time and you can dictate spacing. So, time, you can go from a tempo perspective, you can go from a place P perspective, your time from, from snap. Uh, to snap. But you can also offensively dictate time with speed. And you can dictate spacing with alignment. And you can dictate spacing with speed. A lot of the unseen value in players like Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. And yeah, you need a quarterback who can, can command that respect from defenses as well. But it's, it's the spacing that defenses are going to play you with because they are fearful of the explosive play. Explosive plays are one of the number one ways to flip a game script on its head and consistently score points. Explosive plays. And guys like Tyreek Hill, guys like Jalen Waddle, they are capable of manufacturing explosive plays. So teams play them in a certain way to prevent that from happening. And what that allows for everybody else offensively on the field is some of the value in Jalen Waddle. So that's how you get... Some of it's also scheme and play design. But that's how you get 104 catches for 1,015 yards. Especially in a Dolphins offense that was as one-dimensional as it was last year. Jalen Waddle's value to Miami and Jalen Waddle's value to Alabama when he was there far transcends how many catches did he have? Because it allows you to manipulate and create certain spacing conflicts for defenses that then if you have good play calling, you can string together and strategically attack. And then you have two of those guys on the same field, same side of the field. That's when things get really fun and that's what we're expecting for the Dolphins this year. Uh, Damian Harris, uh, I think is underrated. I I understand Damian Harris played the last couple of seasons behind a, a stalwart New England Patriots offensive line. I get it. Uh, but Damian Harris is a do-it-all-back in the NFL. They play on passing downs. He runs physical. He's got some bursts to him. Now, he's not a 4-3 blazer in the open field, but I don't need him to be. Uh, and that's why he's fifth. As far as identifying like a pillar piece, Damian Harris, for my money, is the guy who's the The straw who stirs the drink. Now, New England also has Ramondre Stevenson, who, if you followed locked on dolphins in the buildup to the 2021 draft, we were all about that life. Uh, and that didn't happen. Uh, they drafted Pierre strong this year. So you would expect, okay, maybe they're, they're bracing and softening the blow of Damien Harris's own contract year. Maybe they're going to let him go. And if they do let him go, Damien Harris is going to get paid. Cause he's a damn good football player. He's fifth on my list as far as skill players in the AFC and the best, of the new England Patriots. I do have Hunter Henry of the new England Patriots sixth. Uh, so, so Buffalo, Miami and new England all get two players of representation in the top six of my list. Uh, and this really stems from me from the fact that Hunter Henry as a red zone target, Hunter Henry as an inline player who can also flex out and can run routes to all levels of the field uses his physicality to bump and create space. He's a very well-rounded player. But the fact that he can play in line is what separates him and block and be a mismatch player is what separates him and puts him at 6th versus Mike Gasecki, who is 7th on my list. So I do have Hunter Henry as the top tight end in the AFC. I think that is one thing that Tom Curran got right. Um, and I've, uh, his, his production was very high as far as getting into the end zone. Um, and that comes down to Being able to play in positions, again, this is an unseen consequence of of your skill set. Being able to play in positions that do not tip off the intentions of your team. So Hunter Henry, being a little bit more of the traditional inline guy, is just enough. Football's game inches, right? Mike Isecki, seven, we know all about him. I have Gabe Davis of the uh, Buffalo Bills at eight. The performance Gabe Davis put forward in the playoffs last year as a player who's a young, developing wide receiver out of UCF, uh, he's going to be a very good number two wide receiver in the NFL. I fully expect him to comfortably get up over a thousand yards this year because Buffalo's probably going to pass for 4,500 yards again this year. And yeah, Diggs will have a third of that, but he ain't going to have all of it. Uh, Gabe Davis, another big bodied physical guy, he's, he's fairly loose for being a bigger guy. And, um, he he has really elevated his run uh, route running ability when he first came out of UCF he was much more of a height weight speed you know just get down the field and be bigger and, and more physical than guys and, and have some some burst to you uh, so Gabe Davis gets the nod for me at number 8 our second quarterback in the division does come off the board here at number 9 on my list of the top 20 skill players in the AFC East that is Tua to Tagovailoa i've talked a lot this offseason about the dynamics of Tua valoa versus Mac Jones, where their strengths and weaknesses are. Mac Jones is a little bit more traditional. He's a guy who gets up behind center, and he's going to diagnose the defense, and his eyes are going to have plenty of consistency starting in the right spot based on what the pre-snap picture is. But he's going to get you what's there. And that's it. And I think about Tua Tonga-Valoa, For somebody who has all of the criticisms that he has received. And through all of that, he's still very quick footed in the pocket. He's very adept or he's very effective at making that first pass rusher miss and extending plays. Now, what he does with it beyond there, is it all world? No. But quite frankly, that's not a strength of Mac Jones's game either.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So, the concerns that exist with Tua Tangivaloa, I think they're a little bit more prominent in Mac Jones's game than what we want to talk about, but Tua is a little bit more fluid, a little bit more quick twitch. I think he's a little bit more accurate than what Mac Jones is. Mac Jones throws better bucket shots down the field for deep balls. He's taller. I think he's a little bit more consistent as, as far as where his, his eyes are starting in pre-snap reads versus what two has been in his first couple of years. So it's that, it's the, um, what's the word that I want to use here? It's the mechanics and the admin of running the offense versus what you actually get when the play is live. And I'm going to take the guy who gives me more when the play is live because I think he can continue to grow, especially into a new offense. There's your projection component of this as well. Because obviously Mac Jones did outproduce Tua Loa last year. But I'll take what I can get when the play is live. Tua Tungvaloa 9, Mac Jones 10. We have our first New York Jet. At number 11, it is Corey Davis, wide receiver of the New York Jets, former 1,000 yard receiver with the Tennessee Titans. He's another heightweight speed guy, former top five overall pick in the NFL draft. And um, Davis can ball, man. I, I think he gets a little bit of a bum rap for he's had some injury issues, uh, but he always plays really hard. He's an unselfish football player. And amidst all the other youth that exists, with the New York Jets, obviously Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore is a second year player. Garrett Wilson was a top 10 pick this year. Uh, they got a rookie running back that they're expected to take over. And, and Zach Wilson was not good. Zach Wilson had bad process and bad results versus at BYU. he was a player I thought who showed a lot of physical tools. A lot of the things that we just got done talking about. And he's got better physical tools than either Mac Jones or Tua Tagovailoa. But he was procedurally, and that was the word that I was looking for, procedurally. So bad last year. And you have to, you have to tame the stallion here. You know, these Shanahan-style offenses, and they have a fleur as their OC. It's very much predicated on uh, you read from the bottom up. You know, a lot of your, your throws are quick and timing. And you got to make sure that your eyes are in the right spot immediately to get the ball out on time. And Zach's holding the ball, and I know he came back from injury. And Jets fans will point to what he played, what he did after the injury, and say, "Oh, well, yeah, he he got better," and yeah, he did. And he was still bad, if we're being honest. So, um, I think all those conditions combined for me to to give Corey Davis a little bit of a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Kendrick Bourne is at number twelve. Uh, this is our next New England Patriots. So through twelve picks, we have one, two, three Buffalo Bills. We have one, two, three. Four. four Miami Dolphins, we have one New York Jet, and then we have one, two, three, four New England Patriots. Kendrick Bourne, uh, leaner guy, but he gets down the field. He tracks the ball well. He's kind of an explosive play type receiver, uh, and, and he pairs with the, the kinds of throws that Mac Jones does throw, those longer-developing kind of bucket shots when he gets time in the pocket. Um, very well. And he was a productive player last year. I think he had close to a thousand yards from scrimmage. Uh, so I do want to acknowledge Kendrick Bourne is a really good football player. And he comes in at 12 on my list, a little bit lower than where he came on Tom Curran's list. Uh, CJ Uzoma, tight end, uh, New York Jets is at 13. This is our third tight end. Uzoma was a really good player for the Cincinnati Bengals. And going into New York, I think he's going to have an opportunity to get a little bit better target share than what he had to deal with when he was the tight end amidst Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. Like he's the fifth best par- target in the passing game at best. And sure, Brees Hall is probably going to get some, some targets out of the backfield. Michael Carter's probably going to get some targets out of the backfield. And yeah, you, you got three physically talented receivers, but one's a second year player, another one's a third year or a first year player. I think Uzoma's going to get a little bit more run. Uh, Chase Edmonds at 14, Miami Dolphins. Uh, the actual rushing production hasn't really jumped off the screen at you, but his ability in the passing game and his ability to be a two-way threat, I certainly think warrants a spot on this list. Uh, and he's behind Damian Harris, and that's it. Uh, Devin Singletary from the Bills did not make my list. Um, I think he's his, his production is more of a byproduct of teams' gearing to stop the pass as heavily as they do in Buffalo. And he's not particularly good in pass protection either. So uh, he did not make my list. And my just missed included Brees Hall, who hasn't played it down yet. Had a hard time putting a guy who has not played it down yet on this list. To bring us home, uh, here's 15 through 20 on my list. Devontae Parker, wide receiver, New England Patriots. Dawson Knox, tight end, Buffalo Bills, 16th. Cedric Wilson, wide receiver, Miami Dolphins, 17th. Elijah Moore, wide receiver, New York Jets, 18th. Jacoby Myers, wide receiver, New England Patriots, 19th. Jamison Crowder, wide receiver, Buffalo Bills, 20th. Now, uh, I do think out of that group of guys, based on opportunity, Elijah Moore probably has the most upward mobility depending on the step that he takes forward. I think Cedric Wilson, just based on playing amid two number one receivers and a run-heavy offense, probably will not see the receiving production that he had last year in Dallas. But you'd expect him to make big plays when he gets opportunities based on what he did in Dallas last year when Michael Gallup went down and they needed somebody to step up, and he did that. Um... Dawson Knox, if they ever choose to involve the the tight ends in the offense, and it sounds like they're going to be a little bit more 12 personnel uh, as a group uh, based on my discussions with Joe Marino. So it sounds like Dawson Knox also has some upper mobility. I think Devontae Parker at 15 is probably on a glass ceiling. Uh, Jamison Crowder at 20 is probably on a glass ceiling. How high can those guys get if we did this exercise again at the end of the year? I don't know. They could probably challenge Corey Davis as like that second tier of wide receivers that goes Davis, Kendrick Bourne, and then Devontae Parker, 15. Like I would not be surprised if um, Elijah Moore and Dawson Knox kind of get up into the bottom, the top half of the bottom 10 in this group, when it's all said and done. So uh, that's, that's my list. And it's my best effort to remain objective. Again, it included six New England Patriots, six Miami Dolphins, five Buffalo Bills, and three New York Jets. Uh, three players apiece from New England, Miami and Buffalo in the top six in the top 10. You had one, two, three Buffalo bills. One, two, three, four Miami dolphins and not a math guy, but that would mean there's one, two, three new England Patriots. So from a top 10 perspective, Miami's got the best group from a top three perspective. Buffalo's got the best group from a top 20 perspective, New England and Miami tied with six. Buffalo, of course, though, having two of those top three uh, certainly gives them the advantage, especially when one of those is the quarterback in Josh Allen, who sits number one overall. I hope you guys enjoyed this exercise. This was a fun one for me to kind of sit down and be inspired by somebody else's content, kind of come up to uh, a response to it. Uh, We certainly use different criteria. Um, tried Tried to make my decisions based off uh, the education, of the film, and let let their play kind of dictate uh, what exactly uh, they brought beyond just production and uh, the grade from Pro Football Focus as well. So, fins up. Make it a great Thursday. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Plan on talking to you guys again tomorrow. Let's have a great Thursday.
1: Hey, Prime members.